Greetings and salutations, one and all, and welcome back to Life is Trash, the oiliest podcast on the internet. And as ever, we'll be taking a pretty ruddy sideways look at the worlds of esoteric, obscure, and downright terrible popular culture. I'm your host, Horseman Lawrence Tucker, and I am joined as ever by my co-host and platonic life partner, Donkey Boy, Johnny Owens. Hello, Johnny. Yep. You really... You used to have so much joie de vie when... <laughs> and it was drained. It was drained <laughs> after doing... I can't think of any event that you've been through in the last day or two that would have drained you of your joie de vie. <sighs> it's a, Not it, it'll, it will remain a mystery. For five minutes in. And uh, our guest for this episode, a different, a different guest this time, a change of format, a change of guest, the one, the only, Shetland infant... It's James McCluskey. Hello, James. What a lovely intro. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, quite, hey, thank you for enduring the fucking nightmare that we all had to do. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so happy that like all three of us got to suffer through that. So before we go any further, we should probably um, detail what what we're actually i mean the name of the podcast that you've accidentally clicked on and listened this far into for some reason will <laughs> will expound on it but we will be uh doing a, a far too in-depth review of the seminal bobcat goldthwaite uh biopic i think um, <laughs> uh hot to trot from 1988 uh which is just a a whole lot of fuck, really, to be honest. Um, An absolute chore to watch. <laughs> I, bro- I broke it down in like 20 minute segments in my head, like it was like an exam paper. Like I knew yeah, it was going to finish, but I did just psychologically. I was doing it in half hour chunks, and then after each one, I had to do something that made me happy. <laughs> I, th- I think as well, because like um, Lawrence and I were discussing this earlier, you said that because like we had to keep on pausing and unpausing and rewinding to take notes. Um, you said, what was your runtime for this hour and 20 minute oh, long God, film? Was, was I like... think I worked it out as like nearly five hours I was watching it. Yeah, mine was about three and a half. And um, it was just like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I, try, I tried my best to just power through it as much as possible, like in as short a space of time. But at one point, <clears throat> and I think I messaged you when this happened, but um, I actually genuinely out of frustration when like that and properly like clapped myself on the side of the head and like it was genuinely actual agony but kind of relief as well from it because i was like i can keep going now holy shit Uh, Uh, i I would like my time reimbursed to be honest i I, I was stone-faced through the whole thing like and i couldn't even you you can't even you can't even laugh at it ironically and also i was like you know, sometimes you'll laugh at yourself in a situation just because you're there doing it. I couldn't even do that. I, none of it was enjoyable. <laughs> it was fucking reprehensible. Let's, let's give a bit of uh, information on the on the film then. In my, my list of IMDb pulled facts I've got here is a 1988 film starring Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, John Candy as a talking horse called Don, uh, Dabney Coleman, who uh, I, I was 
dimly aware of before. I've seen him in, in roles with some other ones you don't ever know his name. And Virginia Madsen, who I'm told is quite famous. I don't know who she was. Um, directed by Michael Dinner. Uh, the offer first went to Tim Burton, which would have been did you get an improvement? Uh, Johnny Depp, the talking horse, would that have worked? No. Yeah. Well, who was who was originally cast as the horse as, as Don? Was it not Elliot Gould? Yes, Elliot. Elliot Gould. Elliot, 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 yeah. 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 Which I, I like Elliot Gould. I do as well. But imagine how different that movie would have fucking been. Well, it was uh, Joan Rivers was almost cast as um, Bobcat Goldthwait's character, so that would have been a, a very different. <laughs> what films did Joan Rivers ever do? I can't think of a film that she's ever starred in. I'm not a Joan Rivers fan. Like I haven't no. been looking out for them, but she was she was in Spaceballs. She was in Shrek Two, apparently. I don't remember that. Oh my god, she was. Mm. She was in no. The Smurfs, um, First Fuck. Daughter, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, Whispers, and Elephant's Tail. Scatter my ashes at Bergdorf's. <laughs> So, so not a solid filmography for, for Mr. Joan, Warmth, then. the Don Rickles project. <laughs> <laughs> well, shockingly to absolutely no one, the film Hotstrot was uh, nominated for no fewer than five Razzies in 1989 uh, for the worst picture and screenplay, which he lost to Cocktail, starring Tom Cruise for each one of it. Uh, worst actor, which Bobcat Goldthwait somehow lost to... <laughs> Sylvester Stallone in Rambo 3. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I can't really differentiate between the Rambos in my head, but I don't remember it being... Does he develop much between one and three? No, I, don't, I don't imagine so, no. He's and still also, John Rambo. Yeah, and also definitely not as bad as Bobcat Goldthwait in he Hot Trot. He is shocking here. Like, shockingly um, bad. Uh, it also uh, was nominated for Worst Director for Michael Dinner, who lost to uh, Blake Edwards for Sunset and Stuart Raffel for Mac and Me. And I don't know if you've seen Mac and Me, but fuck me, that is a well-deserved win of a Razzie there. Is that a little robot? No, uh, alien. It's an no, alien. It's an oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sorry, a, sorry. A McDonald's propaganda film, I believe. Was it? Fuck. Was it right. funded by them? Yeah, it's, oh. it starts Ronald McDonald yeah. as well, and that's um, uh, the worst new star. Oh, Don, right. okay. Don the Talking Horse lost out on worst new star to Ronald McDonald in Mac and Me. <laughs> well, that's getting added to the <laughs> fucking, fucking list, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think I can stand Mac and Me again, honestly. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> shocking. Imagine every cast and crew member on E.T. had a head wound, and we're basically at Mac and Me. <laughs> uh, the film... Um, made $6.4 million at box office and was made for $9 million, So That is shocking. It is shocking that it cost I was, I was $9 million. I was shocked million. actually... Um, well, most of that probably went to Danny Elfman, to be fair, but um, I was shocked that it took six point four, which is... I'm really reasonable. surprised. Well, I suppose with taglines yeah. like, when I talk, yeah. you're going to laugh yourself <laughs> hoarse, and uh, what I thought was rather boldly the funniest talking horse movie ever. And I suppose that's, that's what's dragging the people in. And also, also, let's not forget the very, very bold advertising campaign of having a 1-800 number that yes. links you to like a voicemail of John Candy. And what I really, really liked in the description of this um, was that it's John Candy in character, except he's not in character in the movie. He's just playing fucking John Candy. It's just John Candy's oh. voice. Uh, just telling horse jokes on the phone. 
my, my, my main problem with the film was it was like insert any animal um, there was no need for the horse. Right, Richard Gere, fucking come down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the horse added absolutely nothing. So I know that we are uh, kind of pounding away on this being bad, but a couple more bits of trivia here. Um, when I mean, given yeah. a copy of the script, uh, Bob Katz apparently wrote on it, uh, I imagine you've both seen this, via troll through IMDb, but he wrote, why would I do this on it in marker and sent it back to his agent? And the script came back with a giant dollar sign written over the <laughs> message. And I guess the rest is history. Like, I kind of got why Bobcat Goldthwaite did the movie, because I, I don't think he'd been in that many successful movies by that point, but it was fucking 1988, and it was John Candy. Like, that was the height of his career. This yeah. was, we're, to- we're talking, like, just before Uncle Buck. And like just after trains, like trains, planes, and automobiles. So, so it was yeah. generally one year before that he was in a fucking blockbuster. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's a really fairly decent cast in it as well. There's um, uh, Danny Elfman, as we said, Bob Goldthwait is he's done some good films since John Candy, Gilbert Gottfried's in it mm-hmm. at the end in in what has mm-hmm. to be the worst cameo in cinema history. And I don't, I actually wrote down in my first notes here before we I jump ahead of it, but um. How can this be shit? Uh, and I don't know <laughs> yeah. if that was like a challenge to myself yeah. or something, but it can. It can be shit. I found out it can be shit. It can be very well, shit. If John, if John Candy was, if the horse was just John Candy in like a tandem horse costume, it'd be much better. If you actually got to see him in the flesh, it'd be such a better movie. But yeah, absolute pile of shit. Last, last thing before we head into discussing the. Turgid little meat and veg. Um, I've I've, uh, compiled some of the alternate titles that the film had, as is my way, in different countries, which are, uh, frankly, a joy. So in Brazil, it was called The Talking Horse. In Portuguese, (laughs) obviously. Um, Bulgaria called it Towards Millions, which sort of feels like a very different film. Uh, France called it Horse Words. (laughs) Uh, Finland and Sweden called it At Full Gallop. Uh, uh, Hungary called it Urgent Trot. I don't even get the, I don't even get the title. I mean, I understand Trot. Uh, uh, like, I know. I recognise the words. I just don't really <laughs> understand why they put them together. Like, it just, so, it just sounds yeah. like, like whomever the translators were in each country, they watched this bullshit and they were just like, I couldn't give a fuck well when you when you name it like a, an idiom that doesn't really work in another language they have to change it so like for example italy called yeah. it uh, my friend don the horse <laughs> uh, that's the best one that's the best one i quite like i like poland's actually poland's is horse wiser than rider which i quite like wow. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a proper proverb yeah exactly actually, i like it uh, oh, oh, always remember slovenia called it Horse business. Uh, Soviet Union called it a successful legacy. Sure. I like that one. And my favourite one of all, Spain's title for this film is simply A Horse in the Bag. <laughs> right, well, let's, let's crack on then with a little bit before we get kicked out of this Zoom meeting. Horse. Noun. Plural. Horses. Definition one, a male horse, a stallion or gelding. Definition two, 
Any large solid hoofed herb herbie herba. Oh, forget it. Some anthropological type guys claim that prehistoric horses had larynx muscles in their throats. <laughs> Recent findings suggest that this gene may actually have been passed down from generation to generation. Some primitive cultures believe that the equine was created in God's image. Noble, mighty, brilliant, sublime. And it was only after he finished perfecting his masterpiece known as horse that God turned his attention to the lesser animal. Look at this guy. <laughs> We open on an intro roll like it's blimmin' Star Wars or something. However, instead of this being a prelude to an epic sci-fi tale of intrigue and swishy noises guaranteed to delight children and less mentally agile adults, we are actually subjected to John Candy reading out the definition of what a horse is in a faux British accent. He gets about four words in before realising he cannot pronounce the term herbivorous and drops the pretense of his accent like a hot rock. He goes on to inform us that some folk legends say that horses can talk due to their throat muscles that horses were created in God's own image and that humans are dumb and ugly. It is an awful lot for the first minute of the film, uh, and then we are thrown directly into zany, screechy saxophony music, <laughs> saxophony music, uh, which I believe is required by law of any film designated as quirky in the 1980s. Now, before we quickly, I've got a challenge for you, right? The definition of horse they had was any large, solid-footed, herbivorous quadruped now, would anyone here like to name another large, solid-footed, herbivorous quadruped that is not a horse? Can't be done, mate. It's only one. Mate, it can. <laughs> well, I mean, the horse family. A donkey. Yeah, all the, all the sort of equine ones, yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, not, that's okay, not cheating sure. at all. Donkey is not a horse. Uh, yeah, right. You'd be horses? fucking furious if you went off horse riding and they said, oh, here you go, these little... Here's little Pedro. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, so the, the point is, although it's... Yeah, donkeys, zebras, African yeah. wild asses, yeah. kiang, yeah. Um, yeah. anything with four legs and a corporeal form. Well, here's the thing, right? There's there's um, odd and even numbered undulates. So you got your um, what's it? Uh, Perissodactyla are your single-toed um, hoofed animals, like a like a horse. So if I'm being really really generous to them, I can say. Single-toed undulates, undulates, whatever it is, um, will be the ones that have solid hooves because the other ones are not necessarily solid. But are, I guess. But, but aren't um, cows? They're horses as well. <laughs> so, what do we all make of the uh, the intro role then? Because it is uh, it's a fuck of a way to start a film. It's fucking mental. I mean, <clears throat> the 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 rolling credits were that that or that instantly upset me. Just like the like kind of the rolling Star Wars esque credits, I was just like, ah, oh, I don't, or not even credits, definition of a horse, and then it's just. I think it's safe yeah. to say that anyone watching the film knows what a horse is, otherwise they're yeah. going to be in for a fucking wild ride. Yeah. And... <laughs> What's that thing? Fuck me! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, that would make the film so much better for that person. If you just go in not knowing what the fuck a horse is. Um, in my notes, I just wrote down, gives the definition of a horse. And then I wrote, <laughs> struggles with the word herbivorous. 
Which I just don't know why any of this was put on. It's so weird. Such a non-film. Yeah, I'm so no annoyed. Either in, in the process of the film, does Don the talking horse ever sort of express any kind of like you know indication that he's learned enough to be educating us on? Yeah, I mean, he has a decent vocabulary for a horse. Yeah, I mean, so, if you get, I mean, if you're you judging know. it on other horses, sure. Yeah. <laughs> So you need to give him a I mean, pass on Herbivorous. Herbie. Herba. Oh, forget it. it. Scene by scene, and I mean, we'll clarify this as we go on, but scene by scene, it's like they started wanting to write a different film, but then they were like, oh God, but we better include like the key points, which is Talking Horse, Bobcat Goldthwaite, and then nothing else. You know yeah. what it felt like to me the it's, entire time was like alternate scenes had been removed. Yeah, so every every second scene from the film just completely yeah. cut out. And the... Have you ever heard of that film Kangaroo Jack? And it was like up. It was like shot to be like a serious R-rated mafia movie, and then they just like they just they took some scenes, then they did loads of reshoots, and then it was just like this family friendly film with a CGI kangaroo on it. Like it, yeah, it felt like they were filming another movie, and then they just went a completely different direction. Or yeah, they just cut scenes in and out. It's just a mess. We open on a well-heeled couple exiting a limo at a stable. The gentleman of the pair, Walter Sawyer, immediately steps in horse shit and is unimpressed. Regardless, he ushers the lady, Victoria, into a nearby empty stable that happens to have a bed in it and the pair begin to have comedy sex. As it turns out, Sawyer's wife had died a few days prior, though that hasn't stopped him from boffing his mistress. She, however, feels uncomfortable. Not because... <laughs> she is wiping her vaginal effluvia on the memory of a recently dead woman. Oh, God. Me from two days ago. God damn. Fucking calm down. Jesus. <laughs> but, but because a horse is watching them. Enter Fred, son of Sawyer's recently deceased wife and also a slacker. You can tell because his tie is undone. He catches Sawyer and Victoria in flagrante and rightly incensed hurls a nearby pitchfork into the wall above them and the horse laughs. So the first, literally the first line of dialogue in this film, Walter Sawyer steps in a big pile of poop and he says, Oh, for son of a bitch. Oh, for son of a bitch. Or son of a bitch. Sorry? Oh, for son of a bitch. Oh, for, oh, for son, son of a bitch. Oh, for okay. son of a bitch. This is the, first I... the first line. I wasn't paying attention, to be honest. Good to have you on the podcast, James. <laughs> It's a fucking wild scene, but the only other note I have for it is um, that Victoria, Walter's mistress, goes, can't we put blinders on that horse? And I got really annoyed because blinders wouldn't stop it looking. It would just stop it looking to it. If anything, it would focus its attention yeah, more. I think, yeah, yeah, give it yeah. tunnel vision. I, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like the fact that a Bobcat dropped the cat in his name to like, appear somewhat more credible in the opening credits. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, shit, I didn't. Like, this was going to launch his career. <laughs> Sorry, I know we're past that, but yeah. Bob Goldthwaite. Oh, it sounds wrong. Bob Goldthwaite. No, yeah, no. It feels wrong to say. Ugh. Bobby Goldthwaite. But big, big Bobby Robert. Goldthwaite. Robert <laughs> Goldthwaite. I got a grasp of what was going on. Um, I thought the exposition was fucking shite. I was really confused when Bobcat came in. You know, I yeah, was to everyone. It's sort of... In much the same style as this podcast, it sort of expects a background knowledge that you couldn't possibly have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, who is this man? Work. He comes in. Why he is he throwing a rake? Why is he annoyed? 
Um, my mother died two days ago. That's not bad. Thanks, I've been watching. I it. was watching it earlier, sitting like, could I do it? Could I fill it off? <laughs> But, like, I don't know who this man is. He just goes, my mother died two days ago and hurls a fucking pitchfork at them. And yeah, the next he's, just a he's fine. We now all of a sudden find ourselves in the brokerage company that I assume Sawyer and Fred's dead mother own together. Sawyer discovers that, owing to his dead wife's will, her idiot son Fred has gone on to inherit her half of the company. Fred then shows up, knocking the secretary's papers everywhere like an absolute chuckle fuck that he is. Uh, he's invited into Sawyer's office, who then attempts to trick him into selling his half of the brokerage for a paltry sum. Well, glad that you ended on the term paltry sum because that was uh, one of the, well, I'm not going to say one of the first occurrences. Let's say the 20th occurrence of me going, what the fuck um, at this movie because for half of an entire brokerage, like I know nothing about the stock market. I know nothing about what a brokerage is worth. However, I do know that half of a brokerage is not worth just $525. I think that might have been the joke, though. I know that, but it's still way too Imagine much. that joke from this <laughs> film going over your head. It should have been a more realistic <laughs> low number. <laughs> it should have been! Fuck! You can't get away with that, it's fraud! <laughs> Do we find out how the wife dies? Do we find out how she dies? No, Is it oh, just she's dead? Would you like to speculate? Um, Something to do with a horse? <laughs> really dark if Don had killed her. Don, nope, Don was desperate to get involved in the stock market. The only He somehow found out by listening into her conversations that she owned half of the brokerage and would give it to her son, so he trampled her to death like Emmeline Pankhurst. <laughs> or oh, the horse fucked her. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. There's, there's a couple of uh, things in this scene as well that really irks me. Number one is that uh, his mother's will is being read to him by Sawyer for some fucking reason, not like a, a solicitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sawyer's reading out and, and actually gets the news first before him. Um, this might also be being on the will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and all, his mother's worldly goods, her, the entire set of assets she has in her estate... It's half a brokerage firm and one horse. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a life. Like, no house. Really? No, no home. No furniture. No worldly possessions of any, like family heirlooms of any kind. But hold on. So, so are we meant to believe then that she left like the house and its contents and everything to Sawyer? But then her own son, she was just like. Half the brokerage and what fucking horse. I, I can't just give him just the brokerage. Um, can't give him just half of oh, a brokerage. I've got like, that so horse. <laughs> the full brokerage and half the horse. She just oh. cuts the horse up and leaves it, leaves his head in his bed. <laughs> Was anyone else getting like uh, Charlie Kelly vibes from Bobcat's performance? Oh shit! Yeah, he, he totally ripped off. It's always sunny. Absolutely. Yes, clearly, yes. Fucking hack. Or uh, that annoying friend you have that won't stop doing Morty impressions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's so exhausting to listen to. I I, I like Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey's voice, but Bobcat, um, nah. I mean, when he's the wee demons in Hercules, it's fine. Yeah, like, uh, like he's he's a supporting character voice. Well, at least with that fucking voice. Like when yeah, he puts on that, like the the like the bobcat voice, it's like you can't be a, you cannot be main cast, you cannot be lead role. No. 
Like, fucking hell. It's just... No. It is incredibly grating. Fred discovers that he's been kicked out of his mother's home by Sawyer and Victoria. Dejected and carrying all of his possessions in big bin bags, he goes to inspect his new horse, as you do. He gets to the stables, and the horse, Don, immediately starts talking to him. Fred is bewildered, but crucially, not as bewildered as he fucking should be. Don cracks wise for a little, but quickly tells Fred that he wants to get out of here. Fred, uh, for some reason, just obeys the talking horse, loads Don into a horse, and leaves. So this is like the big, this is the the reveal of the film. This should be... Something. All they had to do uh, in post was add a scene of him fucking taking mushrooms or something, and then the rest of the film would make sense because his reaction yeah. to the horse to- talking is, uh, yeah. All they have what? to do is right. post, add, a, add, add a reaction shot. Yeah. And then the film yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just, yeah, but he's just so instantly accepting. Like, is it not <laughs> even like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I mean, I Johnny, the man is a fuckwit. I, I, this is true. This is true. We know that by his loose tie. But, um, <laughs> But yet, like I don't know what the exact quote was. I meant to, I meant to fucking rewind and write it down. But um, like I'm pretty sure it's just sort of like, like John Candy says, "I'm a talking horse." And Bobcat's just like, "I." <laughs> right, okay. Bit of trivia for you. Bit of trivia for you. Question. A question for you two. How did they make the horse quote unquote talk? I.e., quiver its <laughs> lips a bit. No, just Johnny fucking knows. tell me. Just tell me, because I'm baffled. Oh, I, I don't I know. I need to know. I looked up. What is it? Apparently, no, James, you can tell him. I mean, I, I, I didn't know. So the, there wasn't a disclaimer saying that no animals were harmed in the making of this film. Is it a fucking so fish yeah, hook? Uh, apparently they hit it in the face with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> fucking grotesque. They just fucking straight up uppercutted it right to the jaw, and they just go action. Oh my god! Yeah. This. This film is like horrifying, not just on a quality level anymore. Like this was fun up until. <laughs> oh, it also just... explains why every time the horse is talking, like there's a bit where John Candy says, "Read my lips," and his lips are just going. <laughs> 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 it really makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fuck! Okay, um, oh sorry, uh, can we just moving away from animal abuse because I'm. I shouldn't be like crying this much with laughter at <laughs> prospect of it. I'm sorry. Um, right? Okay, we're, I'm, I presume we are all against animal abuse in this of video call. I don't mind. Well, <laughs> hitting a horse in the face with a stick is an objectively funny sentence, right? The reality <laughs> of it, horrifying. The sentence, yeah. brilliant. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. What? Is it? That's all I read though. Was that on IMDb? I can't remember where I read that. Nor can I, actually. Um, I think it might have been right down the bottom of IMDb. So I listened to, uh, if you go on YouTube, Gilbert has a podcast and he had Bobcat on for an yeah, episode. Yeah, that's, that's where that bit came from. Yeah, I didn't do this. All right, so like, I listened to the first few minutes of them talking about this film. You don't really get much. Like Gilbert said that the horse nearly killed him and shit. But um, yeah, <laughs> I suppose that's something. I'm stunned, given the shot that the Gilbert shed with the horse, that he was actually in the same room as a horse. Yeah, why was he yeah. actually in the same Because his scene is... Yeah, that's, not, that's completely unnecessary. So my question is, Johnny, if anyone wants to attempt to answer these, um, why is the horse talking to Fred at all? Why now, as soon as he comes in, surely Fred has met the horse before, he's his mother's horse. Why did the horse talk to the mother? How does he know he can trust Fred? Why does he know he can't trust other people? There's so many character... So many nuances that are just left like flapping in the wind that I 
Yeah. It, it's almost as if they didn't try. So that was... Nah. There are so, so many, so fucking many um, moments later on where it's just sort of like clearly... Well, actually, no. I don't think that Don the horse like ever doesn't talk because he's he doesn't trust people. It's mostly just to irk Fred. That's like, it's true. just to annoy him. It's just to it's it's just to piss him off. To just really, and make him look insane. I feel like there's but, definitely an undercurrent of like there's, there's a uh, reason why he doesn't talk to everyone, but it's never really he just, explained. He never explains it at all, no. We join Fred now as he inexplicably drives Don into the countryside so Fred can meet his horse family. As, as they drive, they talk, and Don tells Fred that he can talk human, giraffe, worm, toad, whale, humpback, and sperm, and that all horses can understand English, but only a chosen few, as he said, Johnny, can speak it, with no indication of which horses are special or why, and tells Fred his life story. He didn't like his dad, so he left. Then he met up with a blind blues musician who died. And then he met up with Fred's dad, who died. And then he met up with Fred. And now here they are. <laughs> they arrive at the ranch sometime soon after, and Fred is introduced to Don's idiot brother, Lou, his father, and his gratifyingly mute mother. For no reason. No no reason at all. Oh, I got a lot of fucking questions about um, a few things that unfurled in this scene. Okay. Uh, all right. So first off, the chosen magic horse. Don't know what the fuck that's about. Um, it's hereditary, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. It passes down on the 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 dominant male gene. Well, the father's side apparently, but yeah, because yeah. his mum isn't one of the chosen. But I mean, well, we actually we don't know whether or not it does pass down. But all, but, but all we know then is is that the, his mother and father don't have the same father. But for, but first off, um, so 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 one of the one of, one of the first things that I noticed um, was I've just written uh, why the horses uh, I, I I did I just been writing so quickly that I don't even spell things properly. But, um, why English the horses? Johnny, they'd be ashamed yeah, of you. Why the horses' brother imitate Marx Brothers? Uh, that, because why? because his mind broke because he was watching The Godfather and a horse's head was put in the pillow and is his favorite actor. That's up, uh, and they explained this, Johnny. They Did they actually? They literally do three times. Oh, I didn't have enough. Uh, didn't have enough brain power for that one. Also, sorry. Right. Okay. So now, um, got just got one there that says the fucking horse goes on an odyssey with a blues singer. Um, now it wasn't an odyssey. They walked down a train track and then he died. <laughs> no, sorry. Walked on a train track and then the blind blues musician fell off of a train and died. Really? Um, that's that's, that's on Don, I think. Yeah, but also, like, it was one of those moments where when I read the John Candy improvised all of his dialogue, I was, just, I was like, now looking back, there are certain scenes, such as him going on Odyssey with a blind blues musician, where it seems like John Candy recorded his dialogue and then they wrote the film around it. Yep. Like, yeah, that's actually, yeah. yeah. That might be yeah. true. Yeah. They like, must they, have, because any other ethnic minority in the film was the help. Mm. The black guy was the only guy who wasn't a cleaner or a messenger, or so yeah, he's the only black character. So John Candy obviously improvised it. Um, yeah, he travelled with a blind blues musician, and then they're like, "Fuck, we need to pay that guy." <laughs> they clearly didn't want to do. But, I mean, if, if if Hollywood has taught us anything, they really don't want to do that. Did he um, even get a line? I'm surprised that it was a blind mute. One, he he got he got one line, which was when he because like uh, because the horse 
convinces manages to convince him that he's not a horse <laughs> oh my god how did i ever get this right okay so at one point john candy uh don the horse says um that he managed to convince um whatever this guy's name was again um that he wasn't in fact a horse that he was blind um that he was in fact a small italian boy and then goes on to do just the most incredibly offensive Oh, it's offensive. Racist, yeah. like, Italian impression ever. Hey, giddy! My oofs are killing me! What the hell? But then, the only line that said blues musician has is when he finally, like, touches the horse, and he yeah. goes, what the fuck? And that's it! That's his only line before he gets pushed off of a train by the horse and dies. That horse is a bastard. That horse is a cunt! Yeah. Also, also... Fucking John Candy, the horse, right? He says, ah, fresh air, when he's in it. Mean, he was literally outside before. Like The, the, <laughs> the barn yeah. has huge doors. It's essentially a covered outdoor area. And now he's in a fucking car. He's like, ah, lovely, fresh air. Fuck you, John Candy, the horse. Try hard. Did, did, they, did they address where Bobcat, like, like his, like, Bobcat the broker um, got um, his van from. Because I feel like they I did actually. Know they did. Yeah, did um, they actually explain that? Right. Okay. Don, I, Don the horse says he's got some box. keys uh, for a van hidden behind the stables. <coughs> How the fuck? fuck I wasn't paying like... attention, man. I really wasn't. Well, you got to pay attention. I missed a lot of horse. stuff. You'll miss all your horse trivia. How does the horse make things function? Throughout this movie, there are so many moments like how how it use the phone, how it use keys, how it do stuff, how the horse do stuff, <laughs> how it how it do stuff, <laughs> how it do stuff. Oh, I'm <laughs> broken. There was a, a phenomenal Bobcat Goldthwait line in this where he, um, it, the the entire scene they go off and like visit the horse's parents, and then he goes, "Well, guess I'll be going home now." <laughs> that's it he just he just fucks <laughs> off he's like I, that, well I've taken you to your family I'm not really interested in, in talking horses I'm going and then Don goes um, where, where are you going where are you going and he goes you don't need me Dan you're tacking us <laughs> you're tacking us <laughs> what did he say you're a you talking horse you don't need me you're a talking horse you're tacking us you're tacking us you're tacking us it's a bit more oh god I just, uh, I mean, my notes get a bit muddled here. I just wrote, oh, and again at this point, it was like the music, everything's unsettling. Yeah. The actors clearly weren't able to reciprocate any actual dialogue to the horse because it was decided in post. So even like Bobcats back and forth, just nothing seems natural. Like he didn't know what the horse was supposed oh, to say well, back. I didn't think of that, but that's a really good point, actually. Maybe that's why it's so broken. Did anyone else notice a very, very lingering shot of a shoe nailed above the door? Yes, the what was that parents. about? I don't, it never came back. It, it seemed okay. like ominous, but it was just never fucking brought up again. Can, can we also address the fact that um, the, the mum horse, um, oh, she can't talk human, she can't talk people, um, but she asks John Candy the horse to relay a question to Bobcat Goldthwait. Her one question is, uh, what's it like to fuck someone face to face? It's a weird thing to ask on a that's, first meeting, really, isn't what? it? Yeah, and that's the only question she has for the human race, apparently. <laughs> just that. <laughs> just, just wants to know what it's like to have sex face to face. That's it. Would the what? What is it? The, the Bechdel test? Is it? Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, is this the yes? Would, yeah, yeah. would this pass? Would this film pass? Would it pass? Technically, no. yes. No, because she's talking it, to no, a man. She's talking to a yeah. man. Industry, so yeah, there aren't any scenes in it that wherein a woman is talking to another woman, so instantly it fails on the first hurdle. Right. Okay. Well, what's the well, criteria? They no, have to two, two men have to talk. And they have to talk about something other than the men. Other than yeah, men, yeah. Other than the male lead character. Right, there, okay. there, 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 there is there is some debate regarding it. Um, like there, there are a few sort of like holes in the criteria. Well, I mean, two women can like spend like... forty five minutes of a film talking about which is the prettiest lipstick, and it passes the test. So yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't work. work. Yeah. yeah. Right. After a quick and utterly pointless interlude with Don's horse family, Fred decides to just up and leave him at the ranch. Don chases Fred outside as he leaves and demands to be taken home with him. Fred declines to do so, uh, but does take Don's advice on board about maybe trying to actually run with his new half of the brokerage. He thanks Don and drives away as Don repeatedly calls him a horse bigot. What is this film? Oh! absolutely fucking wonderful that John Candy the horse brings up bigotry as we will, <laughs> you know, as we'll fucking see later on. To be honest, I think um, we actually covered all of this scene in um, in the previous one. I think I, I jumped ahead quite a lot with a lot of my things. I think I must have. The, only, the only thing that, that this is a recurring thing, right? The only thing that I can say about this is, is uh, there's this charming line where John Candy says, hey, you know what? I burned that buck tooth bozo's butt, butt good. <laughs> if you if you made a success uh-huh. of your half of the business, and that seems to be a running theme of the film, that Fred making the business that they both own succeed would somehow be a thorn in the side of the other yeah, owner of the business. That's yeah. what yeah. drove me yeah. mental. Just because you own <laughs> half of a business doesn't make it a competing business. Yeah, I can get that. When they're yeah, they're rooting for him to fail. The oats. Uh, uh, what was it called? The the, the oats that he invests in, yeah. And they're like, "Yes, our fucking stocks going down the drain." Fuck that guy. We <laughs> can't oh, get enough of it. Having taken the talking horse's advice on board, Fred shows up to the brokerage the next day. Sawyer asks if he's come to accept the buyout, but Fred tells him he's there to work and begins setting up his new office, much to Sawyer's chagrin, who now vows to get rid of him and soon. Um, this this is mental, this scene. Right? It's, not, it's a very short scene, but if you, if you look at what's happening, right? Fred walks into his office, right? <laughs> He sits down, right? This is the start of a working day. He walks into his office. He sits down. He opens his briefcase. He pulls his lunch out and puts it on the desk and then proceeds to order multiple pizzas. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I don't get The only thing I wrote down here was I looked down to take notes, right? His masking tape was being... Is it this part? Oh, does it later? Am I getting ahead? Sorry. Oh. Uh, it's really difficult to tell. Masking tape honest. gets pulled across the table to separate it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's because he's, he's going to Because I got excited. Yeah. It sounded like someone was like snorting like a rail of coke. And I was like, yeah. like <laughs> take off. And I looked up and I was just separating the office. Yeah. It's fucking like, it's brilliant because they just sort of like, as soon as he did that, as soon as he separated, I mean, first off, oh God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting all over the plate. Like, 
I can't keep one thing straight in my fucking head about this movie. First off, the pizzas, I didn't understand. It just seems incredibly unprofessional, regardless of whether he had a lunch to begin with. <laughs> well, again, anyway, Johnny, that is his character. The joke is just, that he was being unprofessional. Uh, incredible. <laughs> I know, I know. But fuck me, Jesus. Um, see, this is the thing. I think that John Candy had like improvised so much that they like the reason that rewrites were done were, was not to make it any funnier, but just like John Candy has fucked this script into dust. Like, it's, yeah, just, we, it's unusable now. Uh, we'll so just now we write to, around John. We just, we'll just write around John, which, because you know, of course you would. Fucking hell. I'm going to be contentious here with my next note and say that there was something about this film that I did actually legitimately, unironically enjoy. And that what the is fuck that be? Dabney Coleman as Walter Sawyer. His performance throughout was lovely, I think. It, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. He was the single <laughs> good I, performance really, in this yeah. film. I, I reckon so, yeah. I mean, as far as... I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say... No, I think, okay, actually... Okay, I will agree that... Uh, given what he was working with, yeah, it was a good performance. Like, he did actually... If yeah, he'd been he given like, yeah. They had some good comedic timing as well. He yeah. actually like yeah, made me go sort of go <laughs> once, twice, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> like, ex- expelled air through your nose, like that sort of humor. Although um, to be fair, yeah. so did Bobcat at one point. So, <laughs> yeah. like if he'd been if 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 he'd been cast as let's say just as an example, the high school principal in um, Ferris Bueller, he'd have fucking nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. I think he probably would have done a better job. I only only one thing made me laugh out loud. We aren't at it yet, but only one thing made me laugh out loud um, in the whole film. But yeah, we're not there yet. So uh, now, inexplicably, back in the original stables, Don overhears an inexplicable phone call made by another stockbroker who never comes back. Who is inexplicably there to inexplicably bang an inexplicable woman, who I heavily presume is not particularly explicable herself. The phone call contains a hot stock tip which Don makes note of using his horse notebook, his mind. He then inexplicably dials a phone with his solid hoof, single toe, to get through to Fred, despite the fact that two scenes ago he was screaming at him for being a horse racist. Don gives Fred the tip, ooh, uh, who then acts on it. Fred makes a lot of money on the deal and Sawyer and his lackey look on utterly enraged to have made millions and millions of dollars from Fred's actions. How did, did Don get back to the stables? Well, that's not explained. Also, once again, and I'll just quote myself from earlier on, how the horse do stuff. Yeah, how it, um, how, how we do. How, 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 it, how it call people. Single toe, how it do. How it, it fucking, ah, uh, it just doesn't, I don't understand. And also, sorry, but why is everyone fucking in the stables? Why is it about, like, fucking amongst manure that everyone yeah. in this movie just loves? Rent a hotel. Inspiration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When Fred picks up his phone and says his own name, he picks up his phone and goes, Fred P. Cheney. But because of <laughs> Goldplate's voice, it sounds like he's saying, Hello, I'm um, Fred P. Cheney here. How can I help you? Flippy Tiddy. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Flippy Tiddy. <laughs> and that's my uh, only note for this. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, the only thing I wrote at this point was there is no need for the horse. I've written it twice. <laughs> You're really hating on this horse, James. I was wondering what... I just don't. I mean, it, I just... They just selected a horse, and then but they didn't actually... Nothing contextually related to the fact that the horse... If it wasn't a horse, the name Hot to Trot wouldn't work. Um, 
He but, was here for oh. uh, Fuck it, it would anyway. They would just die. Uh... But my one real problem is why the fuck did it have to be a horse giving a guy, a stockbroker, tips on the stock market? Why was he not like an out of like like a no luck gambler at a horse track who met a talking horse who fixed races for him? Like that makes sense. Why well, would be hard to trot, mate? Hard to trot this, stock. This, this that hot that, co- that that stock is hot to trot. They'd say on Wall Street, and that that means you'd know you'd had to buy low and sell high. This coked up nightmare needs to fuck itself. Horse is the least castable. So animated, like animal, you know what I mean? They do, they do nothing. All it did is flare its lips. Can you get a horse to do anything else? Comfortable, James, but most fuckable. <laughs> yeah, I'll give and you the, that. And the easiest to beat with sticks to make it look like it's talking. That's yeah, you couldn't have most hit a dog beatable. in the face with a stick. They'd be an outcry. Yeah, no, uh, no, I wouldn't a, do that. Uh, try and get a fucking duck to talk with a stick. Yeah, I'd fuck a horse uh, up. And, man. Uh, <laughs> fucking. We now get a short and truly dreary scene where Fred, his hair now pulled into a ponytail, making him look like a sort of Play-Doh Shawn Michaels, enjoys the trappings of his new success. (laughs) He has a dance around the office with his PA, he rents out a nice apartment and buys a big red car. He then has a bit of a dance while driving his big nice car around the city to Tutti Frutti by Little Richard. He then does a little flirt with what I assumed was the receptionist, as per the first scene, but uh, appears to now be a stockbroker too. I don't know, maybe she's been promoted, maybe I'll never understand this film, but that's where we're at. Uh, yeah, so first note right at the top of the page is, why the fuck he just belting out little Richard? Like, he just, like, this is the thing, he's he's not even listening to it. He's not even listening to it. He plays it on piano. He like, plays it on piano, and he's so good at piano, he also plays um, bass and drums on piano. At yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fucking good he is. Because it, And the thing is, yeah, it's just, oh, my God, it's baffling. Also, I'm really sorry. Again, I'm not an expert on how the stock market works. Well, clearly. I go, oh, because you know, clearly, I didn't know the term hot to trot, so um, Johnny, fuck me. Right? Johnny. I'm about to fucking blow your little mind. Oh, God, don't. When stocks are low, <laughs> that's when you buy, Johnny. And when they're high, that's when you sell. Right, okay, fuck Show yourself. me the money. Um, what I was going to say, say is, I don't understand how he's gotten all, like, enough money to buy all this shit from one sale. If like, you look, I, I mean, I don't understand very much about the stock I, market, but if you look I'm, at the, 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 the amount of points... Well, now, if you look at the amount of points that the stock jumped, I believe, from my limited knowledge of the stock market, that that is an astronomical leap. It would be a frankly really? insane so he did actually... amount of money he would have made on that. But, the, but then the thing is as well, but then we have to also ask ourselves the question, okay, fine. So that answers my question of, did he really make that much from one sale? Yes, he did. However, that's now questionable. It's like, Really? Like, nothing would jump up that many points. I don't know anything about the spot. What's a point? Fuck this. Now, I but, couldn't answer that question. I just know points are good. When the nothing. points are low, that's when you want to buy a stock. I got, <laughs> when you buy a stock. Uh, James, you got anything? I stopped taking notes at this point. Okay, cool. I'll carry us, shall nothing. I? <laughs> why was he? Why is everyone in this film so utterly and doggedly determined to do this man wrong? Like, <laughs> the... the the woman who's <laughs> renting the apartment, he's already signed a rental agreement. And this woman is like, well, this is an atrium. And he goes, 
I, yeah, I had an atrium in my last place. Uh, as if, like, not knowing what an atrium was. Gonna, oh, well, sorry, well, we can't rent you this apartment with, that you've yeah. already paid for and signed for because you didn't... Yeah, you're going to pee in yard. cash. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> just the atrium in general. I was just like, I was like, why the fuck you want just a room with a bunch of plants in it? Like, it's just... A room I with don't, a bunch of plants yeah. in it that acts as a window to the outside hallway from inside your house. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> Design this building. Who the fuck designed the audio, Johnny? Because it cuts out of the right channel during the song. There's literally only Tutti Fruity coming out of the left headphone. Oh, I never watched it with headphones, so I didn't even notice that. However, Wait, you, did you just watch it on a phone or the laptop? I watched it on my laptop. I, yeah. I watched. I, I watched it on the TV, but um, I, I didn't notice stand the audio. My, my housemates uh, listening um, to it with me, though. No. So didn't but the thing is, think, yeah, you can't do that to them. But as I said to you, it's just it was like the the audio, both the audio and visual editing in this film are fucking abominable. Like it's, it's when he's just... dancing along to Tutti Fruity, but not to the beat. Yeah, it's clearly <laughs> been dubbed, and I haven't played it under him. He's just sort of. Uh-huh. The amount really? of different wipes that they used for like scene <laughs> transitions. Like I was waiting for like a star wipe at one point because I was just I was like, fucking hell, they've just used like every other one. Surely they're gonna use the star wipe next. And mm. they just never they just didn't. They Love a his wipe me. What I don't I like I'll, is a random fourth wall break when it's the only one in a film and it's just a man turning to camera to go Tootie Fruity. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't take a note of that, but I fucking I, I didn't take a note of that clearly because I was like having an aneurysm because I hated it so much. But I was just I was like, there is no other like hint of except for right at the end, the last sentence. But we'll fucking get to that bullshit. Um, like there's no other hint in this film of metafiction at any fucking point. There is no sort of self-referential humor or anything oh, like that. Like, yeah. like English, it's just English lits come out here. Okay, no, look, and just fuck it us. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, right. I thought we could maybe go one episode without me being mocked mercilessly for my degree. Rachel's gonna listen to this episode, and if I don't make fun of you for having an English lit degree, oh, she will know, punch I me. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We all signed the contract, but um. <laughs> but yeah it's just it was just like it, i really don't like that when it's just like that one instance of just sort of like ah fourth wall break and it's like, uh, no, yeah, no it's... that's it's not this kind of, it's not that kind of it's very shit uh, uh don now just wandering around alone in the city sure sees a newspaper article about how good fred is doing at his new job and decides to pay him a visit don somehow finds where fred lives and pretends to be sick so fred will take him inside Fred falls for the ruse and packs Don first into a conveniently horse-sized elevator and then into the apartment itself. Don quickly drops the ruse about being sick and the pair become firm friends, bonding over a night of watching TV and cracking whys. Uh, Forgive me, James, but I'll be the one to bring it up. So again, we come to another scene wherein it would make so much more sense for it to be any other animal. Like if it was a, if it was a fucking dog, it'd be fine because at least like the size issue is. It could wouldn't be, taken be as yeah. funny though. I think. It would <laughs> oh, would it? Like, hey, oh. I was like, you can't fit a horse in that lift. <laughs> exactly. Did. Whoa. He did, right, he didn't even have to chop of... it up or anything. <laughs> uh, this is the thing as well. Like again, when we were sort of talking about the fact that like John Candy the horse doesn't like to reveal that he can talk. Yeah, he's absolutely fine just walking through a busy city. <laughs> what I did quite like about this scene, it, it felt weirdly poignant though, was when 
um, Fred loads Don into the elevator and Don goes, eh, I gave you all this stuff, I made that tip. And then he, he just stares off into the middle distance and he goes, I owe all this to a horse. I owe all this to a horse? There's <laughs> just something really poignant about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I owe all this to a horse? Yeah, but like a talking horse, mate, so it's not that weird. Like, oh, yeah, exactly, yeah, so I mean, really, like, that's yeah that seems fine we get a quick flurry of scenes wherein fred and don go for a little walk and then don is introduced to fred's quite racially insensitive latino maid and it's horrible very very short but um i do think it's worth just bringing up just of itself what the latino maid is like she is like frumpy and sort of dowdy and really just not glamorous in the slightest uh, she's like if, overly hairy she has a mustache and a little goatee and she's like god you're mr cheney please it's just a horse yes i know it's a horse but why oh mr fred oh you cannot uh, have a horse in here if yes. any if anyone listening is familiar with the racism. very the, with, with, familiar <laughs> with racism but is also familiar with the very very similar however completely utterly intentionally stereotypical um made character from family guy it yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels yeah. it feels like that's what that character was based on like they saw this movie and they were like fucking hell it's like every like possible that does latinas- seem like something that seth MacFarlane like, would yeah. do yeah what if, but like, did, like, what if we did hard to trot what if we got hard to trot? <laughs> oh, that's a great 80s film add that to the list of 80s films well hard to put hard to trot down no, I'm not talking you. to anyone. He's in a room by himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that is his vibe. But yeah, no, I mean, it's every like take every like horrible Latina um, stereotype that you can think of and mash them together, and that's like it's re- it's really it was really unpleasant to. Yeah, it was very. It felt very mean spirited, and then she starts like. Uh, doing the apartment, cleaning it, and vacuuming yeah. around the horse with the sort of mariachi. Yeah, like, yeah, like, and it's and it's just horrid. Yeah, half of the course, it's the eighties. If there wasn't racism in the film, I would be like, "Where's the racism? This is the eighties." <laughs> well, you're like that with every film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's the racism? Fred is now back at work and receives a phone call from Don, who has again somehow managed to dial a phone. Don tells Fred that he's bored and there's a party on the seventh floor of their apartment building and uh, they're invited. Fred then comes home from work and goes straight to the party without Don for some reason. The elevator on the seventh floor opens up directly into someone's fucking house and Fred is immediately snatched by a desperate drunk woman with a predilection for fish. She attempts to seduce Fred but then he flees back to his apartment. She follows him inside, Don speaks to her, she gets frightened and runs away. There was no point in any of this. Uh, and then later that night, Dom tips off Fred that he should be buying coffee. It's uh, like, it's been uh, weird before this. <laughs> this is this was the turning point, though, man. Like this is really like this it's it's like they they wrote the entire script in one sitting, mm-hmm. and the head writer was like, "This is gold. <laughs> this is all good. Just give me one second. I've got this this pile of tramadol that's just staring at me." <laughs> First off, how did uh, John Candy, the horse, know that they were invited to the party? He got a did flyer he talk- through the door. Did he get yeah. a flyer through the door? Oh, okay. Through his horse door. Oh, through yeah. his horse door. But, um, the One of those ones that only opens up at, like, uh, waist high. Opens up and then the horse goes, hello, is but, there a party? Um, oh. But the... Yeah, bring the, some ketamine. When they- <laughs> 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 oh... 
Uh, that that would have been a good shout before recording this um, or watching that movie. But, don't bring uh, cake. Don't bring ketamine to a party, John. Yeah, it's not a party really... drug. <laughs> it's not at all. It's you not, guys, um... you guys have your conversation now, Claude. I'm just going to sit in my pants and roll a cork backwards and forwards across the floor. <laughs> But um, yeah, okay. Also, can we just address the fact that uh, the the woman, um, since we were talking about these horrible sexist undercurrents uh, near the end of the film, here's here's yes. one right here. But this oh, is she's just a bit dick mad, isn't she? Well, she yeah. Uh, well, she she as soon as she sees um, Bobcat, uh, she she just shouts. Single man. She does as well. Yeah. How does she know? I think she heard them talking. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then, but yeah, and then she hand feeds him an anchovy whilst going. You like anchovies? <laughs> you like anchovies? She hand feeds herself an anchovy and then kisses him. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's what. Oh, that's so she worse. might feed him an anchovy like a baby bird. Strangely, this scene among the entire film was just gratuitous. What what was the point in this scene? There's no need. There's no need at all. Like, the, the, no what was the point in the film? But like this scene in particular <laughs> yeah. was just really strange. Do you guys, uh, how how did the how did the scene resolve? What was the end of the scene? John Candy the horse talks. She runs away, and then oh. uh, they they're sitting together, and John Candy's like, "I think you should be buying coffee." And he goes, coffee, and that's literally it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he invests. In, right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, baffled as to how Fred would know how to buy stocks in coffee, Sawyer puts an attractive secretary cum stockbroker, uh, on whom Fred has a big dumb crush, Allison, on the case. Uh, he tells her to find out where Fred is getting his tips from by going out on a date with him, which is just you know the way the way you do that, isn't it? She agrees because she is soulless. Uh, and after a positively joyless little farce, which takes place in Fred's apartment, where she discovers that he's living with a horse because Don sneezes while she's there, uh, although she doesn't actually appear to care one way the other, so uh, the pair head down to a restaurant for dinner. Um, now I love a farce, me. I love a farce. Oh, a farce. I'm oh, a student the of the farce. But this farce. This scene is, is honestly like two minutes long and it's too short for a fast to properly develop, but too mm. long for me to physically tolerate. So <laughs> I don't know quite why they were going with this. It, it just, it didn't work this on is, any level. It's, it's fucking horrible. And the thing is, uh, the character of Alison bothers me quite a bit. The character um, of woman bothers me. The, <laughs> the character of woman one, as she may as well be yeah, called. Um, but no, this is the thing, like... Because they, like, she's perfectly willing to go on this date with him. It's like this fraudulent date in order to try and coax, like, stock tips out of him or, like, knowledge out of him. And without jumping but, ahead, but, the man is a big... knob on the date as well. Oh, yeah. But, um, but it's also, but it's implied that she likes him and that she cares about him and that they're friends. So I don't understand why she would agree to do this because it's, it's like, like, is she under the impression that it's anything other than like trying to con somebody or trying to con the guy? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. It's fucking, oh, it's just, it makes no sense to me. It's you just, just don't care about any of the characters, do you? No, not, not. Like, you just do not care about anyone. Just a, 
atrocious writing. Like I was really, really rooting for them all to die. So. Yeah. <laughs> and they do when they're all trampled by John Candy the horse. He goes horse mad. So it ends. Yep. <laughs> Over dinner, Alison asks Fred where he's getting his stock tips from. And he just straight up tells her, oh, there's a talking horse in my apartment. He gives me stock tips. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> then they head back up to his apartment uh, in order for him to show her the talking horse. But Don refuses to say anything. Don and Fred then argue about what a bitch Allison is before Fred storms off to bed. Don pleads with Fred to drive them both out to the country to clear their heads, but Fred is incredibly dismissive of this idea, so that definitely won't be happening in the next scene. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my confession here very quickly. Um, this is the part of the film that I, I did actually genuinely have a little laugh at. was the line... My, my linguinus is very, very good. My linguinus is very, very good. I like that line. I enjoyed <laughs> my linguinus. But what I will say is it was then immediately spoiled by Alison going, It's linguini. I think you'll find it's linguini. Yeah, I know. Mm. So don't, just let yeah. the joke happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot of questions. But like, I mean, first off, yeah, as you said, Alison has absolutely no follow-up questions <laughs> after being told that a talking horse is providing in uh, Fred with stock tips. Did you um, notice the, the audio in the scene as well? No. Nah, like the, well, the background music and the background um, like ambience all cut out for like a few seconds. Fred, oh. everybody at work is trying to figure out where you're getting these big stock tips from. Done. Done. The horse? And it, no. I, it, I don't know if it was kind of like supposed to be like a whoa that everyone stopped talking and it's like shock. But well, it was just a really weird time because she goes like, where do you get all your stock tips? And everyone cuts out as if they're shocked. And then he goes, oh, talking horse game with this stock tips. Yeah. And everyone's and like, just, yeah, sure. And yeah. just starts talking again. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a strange time. First off, he just gives up that information straight away. Second, she just blindly accepts it. And then later on, when he's trying to coax the horse, John Candy the horse, into talking, um, she's, why is she, I've just got written here, why are you not more concerned for his obvious un- instability and insanity? Yeah, like, she, Yeah, she's absolutely, yeah, that would happen in any other fucking movie. And she's absolutely fine with it. It's just like, oh no, he definitely doesn't have any problems. He's just well, got a horse living with him. Mental. Despite Fred's total dismissiveness of Don's idea to drive out to the countryside, shockingly, they're now out in the countryside visiting Don's parents. Don heads inside the barn and discovers that his dad is dying. Uh, (laughs) As Don's mother cries salty, salty horse tears, his dad pleads with him to promise him that he will find a suitable wife and keep their special hereditary line of talking horses going. Despite the fact that talking horses are apparently all over the fucking shop. Don is reluctant, but agrees. However... He has his hooves crossed as he does. Oh. Um, I, I, it, did, it got me again. It made me laugh again where um, uh, John Candy the horse goes in, his dad's dying, and he goes, um, how do you know you're dying? And his dad, Meredith Burgess, goes, a horse knows. There are signs. <laughs> your yeah. tongue darkens. Yeah. Your eyes water. Your mind goes. Your tongue darkens. That's a funny joke, right? And then he adds, yeah. oh, bam, the, put the kicker, and your balls shrink. Yeah. And that's not a bad yeah. joke. No, no. And also, but can we also clarify that it's not a bad joke, but can we also clarify again that this um, 
joke was delivered by a thespian who once played Vladimir in Waiting for Godot. I, I cannot fucking get past that fact. Um, in many ways, you're correct. <laughs> oh, the mighty fall. Uh, oh, the, but the, uh, the how cross- the mighty ascend, now- James? Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, from Beckett to the, but um, the the, the follow up that I have first off, now this maybe one of you can answer this. I assume the answer is by beating him with a stick. <laughs> um, Generally, the answer they, in this film, yeah. How did they get the horse to cross its legs? Uh, they gave it rickets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I was like a rope on each side, and then they just pull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a. It, wait, I mean, that's the only. That is the. I think that's actually the only explanation. I think. I think you've like fucking hit the nail on the head, James. The thing with this scene as well is like it's it's so strange that his dad goes find a, a a suitable partner to have horse babies with, and the guy goes, "Oh sure, pop, I'll do that." Crosses his legs as if he's saying, "I'm never going to settle down." And then in the next fucking scene, spoilers. Yes. He immediately uh-huh. goes, "Wow, I'm in love." But this is the thing as well. There are so many fucking moments in this movie where it's like, um, it's like, oh, we'll add in this plot detail that's like definitely going to come back later on because, I mean, it sounds important. So, like, clearly he's going to find a partner or something like that. But there's just so many moments, like so many seeds sown where they're just sort of like, oh, fuck, we forgot to reap the harvest. The bountiful, bountiful comedy harvest of our sown oats. Uh, It's just, oh, oh, it's fucked. And like you said, like he has to carry on the genetic line of talking at like vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> but like the race at the end, every horse speaks to him. Like every horse that he comes in contact with can talk apart from the mother. Do they talk or do they talk horse? They talk they talk horse. They whinny back at him, don't they? Yeah, but the yeah, but they talk back in subtitle Spanish, don't no, they? Every every horse can so, understand English was was a yeah. central conceit of the film. Oh right, yeah, I forgot okay. about that. But yeah, can, they can understand English, but uh, but for some reason he is at the end of the film just openly speaking English to these horses rather than horse. Yeah, uh, in the language. language the it seems it seems strange and a bit rude, doesn't it? Like if you both um, you know you both speak whatever uh, language. Yeah. You know? It's strange. Oh, yeah, if you come and... to this horse country, speak the horse language. <laughs> <doesn't> <laughs> exactly. God damn it! Well, let's let's go into the next scene. Before we go into the next scene, I would just, I would like to announce that I will be using some hateful language that I do not condone, but I am going to use it. I think for context, yeah. Also, right. Sawyer is now back at the stables, showing off his latest thoroughbred to a crowd of all of the other stockbrokers who were there for some reason. I guess they were having a fucking field trip or something. I don't know. His mistress, Victoria, is riding around on her new horse called Satin Doll. Uh, Fred and Don are there too. Don takes a fancy to Satin Doll and attempts to chat her up, but is shooed away by Victoria and Sawyer. That's a whole scene. Worth noting though, uh, because there is the line which John Candy, I want to go on record and say, he improvised this of his own brain. Mm -hmm. Um, Sawyer's latest thoroughbred horse trots along and John Candy, the horse, says to Fred Flippy Titties, he says, Hey, there's your partner's newest thoroughbred. Then a beat happens, and he goes, Faggot. Yeah. Faggot. 
Yeah, really? which is and mental. It... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Well, did that. you miss that? It's it's, oh, uh, it's hidden under another bit of dialogue. Mm. It's like uh, Fred yeah. goes at the same time. Because because I missed it in because I missed it initially. And um, I mean, I know that I, I, I well, I mean, maybe there are some people who are a fan of that word personally. Uh, for for certain reasons, I'm not a fan. I'm um, not sure if I'm a fan of it when it's being said <laughs> for comedy purposes no. by a horse. Well, no, and think... also, but it's, it's it's the fact that because again, I I was like you, James. I missed it initially, and I went back because you you'd even warned me about it, and then I missed it. So it is almost like it's kind the fact that like I knew it was coming, and then I still missed it. It feels like John Candy was just trying to slip in some fucking hate speech. Like it's oh, Jenga was just shouting at a, just shouting yeah. at a sound engineer or something. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. It's not, it's not played as it's not played as a joke. It's just John Candy saying a really horrible slur, and it's really unfortunate um, oh. and, and disgusting and gross. Really upset me, but before we were all enjoying the film so much, yeah. and now it's ruined. Yeah, it's weird when he calls Sawyer the N word. Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> they just throw it in. Just throw it in for no reason. Just, yeah. uh, but then, I've got to say, right, the film is redeemed immediately by these slow, sexy, sultry panning shots of satin doll's arse. Um, so a full-on quote from John Candy the horse when he goes to try and like flirt with uh, Satin the horse and the above uh, Satin quest- the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Satin Doll is the name of the character. <laughs> Swear <laughs> the fuck is, I don't care. Um, directly followed by a quote from John Candy the horse. When he's flirting with Satin the horse, um, is, oh, I hope you don't think I'm coming, I'm, I, d- I hope you don't think I'm coming on too strong, but that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> and then I've just added after the quote, what's the fucking gag, John? Like, what's the, what's the, why do you laugh? What's yeah. the joke? That wasn't a joke. He's still laughing at his great faggot joke from before. Yeah. He loves it. yeah. <laughs> oh, you horse cunt. Check out the main on that tomato, I think is the line he says. Oh my god. Oh, everything about everything. Everything about everything. Everything about why the characters are there. Like, why are all the stockbrokers there? I get why Sawyer's there. I don't get why the other stockbrokers there. I don't get why Fred is there. Don does not live in that stable anymore. Because they all, I don't know. Uh, ah. Don is forlorn as he cannot get Satin Doll's attention, Satin the horse's attention. Against (laughs) Don's wishes, Fred leaves to go to work. Don then attempts to cheer himself up by buying a blow-up horse sex doll, which is literally used for one almost gag and then never seen again. Then standing on the balcony in the very next scene and screaming that he's going to kill himself. (laughs) Noticing his sadness from the street below, a dog somehow inexplicably makes his way up to the apartment and offers to keep Don company. Don accepts for some reason and soon more dogs, ducks, cats, parrots and somehow a pig join. They end up having a massive animal party in Fred's apartment, trashing the place. Fred then returns home with a big bag of oats for Don to enjoy to cheer him up, but is furious when he sees what he has done to the apartment. He kicks all the animals out and calls the horse pound to pick Don up. Don, however, is obsessed with the oats that Fred has bought for him, claiming that if he had money, that's what he'd invest in. A sideways light bulb then literally goes off in Fred's brain and he rushes to invest in the oats. Yeah, what the fuck was that light bulb? What the fuck? That was the worst bit. 
and then his <laughs> head just absorbs it. What the fuck yeah, is that, man? What? Why? Why, why was it sideways? It would have socket, yeah. and then it and then it goes off. Yeah. Why? Why was it? Why was it sideways? It's just that's they what didn't really have enough room in the fucking shot. They didn't leave enough headroom <laughs> to put it in post. And as we've established, there were no reshoots on this None. movie. It was like, oh my god, the. Sorry, right. So just to do this chronologically, and yes. also by like the how the scene opens with the, the scene opens with a call to the samurai flower shop. Was it? Uh, I wrote down the exact name. Oh, yeah, you like, you want petunias? Uh, yeah, clearly a no, white not, guy not even, in the not voice. Even, not even that intelligible. It, for, I'm going yeah. to just quickly okay. correct you, Johnny, because this really annoyed me. It's the, the samurai florist shop. Um, because Why did you tell me that? That's Samurai florist shop. You don't have to specify shop at the end of florist. No, no. You know no. you can buy flowers there. Uh, you could have kept that and to, to correct yourself. you, James, they're not actually speaking English at all, are they? You're just not going, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you just yeah, the yeah. He says yeah. the word Petuna in English. Yeah, just, just, just another really horrible, and I, I imagine it's John Candy doing that. Probably. He's a... Fucking cunt. John Candy, uh, really had, John Candy had a um, Japanese man sacked so he could do the voice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. He went, he doesn't sound Japanese. Like John Cunty. The, the, thing is, <laughs> the thing is as well, man, is like he... So he orders all these, or he, he orders all these flowers, but then there's no payoff from that because the flowers never. Are, are he doesn't order the flowers. The, the, um, he doesn't. He doesn't the do samurai it. Samurai florist a... shop. Uh, yeah. Get angry with him for, because he says no roses, and they're like, "What? No roses? Fuck you! Yeah, <laughs> we won't do a bouquet with no roses. What kind of fucking bouquet are you sending? The the the, the blow up horse. I like. I've I've written this down again. I'm sorry that like I'm just like quoting my notes, but it's just because they are just like the scribblings of a madman at this point. But um, it's just blow up horse makes no sense. No lead in, no payoff. Yeah. Like there's, there's it's no. funny because he's going to have sex with it. And also yeah, just shouting about suicide in English, by the way. So why didn't a human notice a horse threatening <laughs> suicide <laughs> from a balcony? Because it's a busy city. If he was screaming in horse, then people would have looked up. There's a fucking horse up in that balcony. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And standing uh, on a balcony, I'm gonna end it all. They'd be like, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a nuisance. Oh. It's it's testament as well to how utterly inconsequential all the action is in this film. That they have a literal farmyard rave in a man's yeah. penthouse apartment, and I have nothing to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Happens. But but that's just that. It just reinforces the fact that they just throw things out and do nothing with it. Like it's just nothing. It's just animals doing what animals do. It's not funny. I timed it. Seven minutes of farmyard rave. Is it seven <laughs> fucking minutes? Seven minutes. To to clarify as well, to like to give that sort of to qu- kind of quantify that, um, this film is about an hour and twenty minutes long. Yeah, almost exactly an hour and twenty minutes long. Like an hour and twenty minutes long. Seven minutes is a lot of fucking screen time. Sure is. But I've also just got a note that says the Beastie Boys let their music be in this movie. We need a song <laughs> for a party that's happening that's not an illicit party that's not supposed to be happening. And it's 1988. So we need a song. <laughs> illicit party. <laughs> and the year. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. It's It's a thinker. Has anyone recently recorded a song about having a party that shouldn't be happening? So crucially, though, we have to, to, anyway. to remember that the year, <laughs> the year. is 1988. And I know I keep going on about that, and it's weird for me to do so, but <laughs> I think it's quite pertinent. And, you know, hip-hop would be edgy, but, you know, we don't want to scare away our white audience. Oh, <laughs> my God. I didn't even think that. It's just like, it's just sort of, it's like mm, this, this hip-hop's really taken off. However, however, are yeah. there any... It's a bit too inclusive. A bit too inclusive. Oh, thank God. There's a white hip-hop group. <laughs> interesting side note as well. Oh, okay, the, yeah, yeah. One of Johnny's interesting side notes. Interesting side note about the Beastie Boys um, and uh, questionable behaviour and homophobic language is that the album that that particular song is off of, its original title was not its original title. And I'm I'm not going to provide it because I don't want to, but I suggest you look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to know now. What, which album? I'm fairly sure that's Licensed right. to Ill. Or is it Paul's Boutique? Um, uh, it's... <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> wow. It's La- Lies found it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really quite quite abrupt. It's, it's simply, don't... Yeah, it's vile and yes, it's it's, um, like fucking hell. That was their original plan, which they've since apologized for. It was Rick Rubin's idea, Rick. Of course, (laughs) it was fucking Rick Rubin's idea. Jesus Christ! What year? Um, What year was that? That album came out. That would would have been eighty-eight. It was eighty-six. Eighty-six. Yeah. And still, I I have to say. I'm kind of yeah, it's all right. Um, I imagine that's just going to get edited out because it's just fucking pointless. But, um, that's a good bit of trivia, that. Yeah, it's a good bit of trivia. It's a good, good bit of, of hate ho- trivia with Johnny O. Good bit of horrible hate trivia. I do keep myself clued in. Homophobia, the podcast with Johnny <laughs> Owen. <laughs> so what's the? Just but, coming uh... back to it. Just come back to the scene if you can stop gay bashing for a second, Johnny. Um... I'm not the one. I'm trying to take. Yeah, what, what are those Where's... slows are there? <laughs> No, no. I'd also like to note that I'm the one who's I'm the, I'm the one person here who's not used the words. Reg so. now dumps all his existing stock to invest in Indio oats. He's very pleased with himself, but Sawyer and his lackey discover that the oats are about to tank owing to the fact that they are poison, which I suppose will do it. Knowing this, they lock Fred in the bathroom so he can't sell any of the Indio Oats stock before it plummets, thereby ruining him and their own company in one fell swoop. What? It's fine. Move past it. Fred, however, receives a phone call from Don, who tells him the Oats have been poisoned on the telephone in the bathroom that Fred is in that it has. Uh, So he can't use that phone to call and dump his Indio stock because... Fred then, desperate to get back to his actual phone, climbs out of the window of the bathroom and inches along a narrow window ledge in a manner which is definitely intended to be comedic, all the way back to his office in order to finally suspend his trading on Indio Oats. But the damage has already been done and he is financially ruined. What a fucking shambles. We have another perfect example of what you were discussing earlier on, wherein they have tried to go down the farcical route. They've tried tried to make a farce. And fuck me if it didn't work. It is 
dreadful. But first off, so my first note was just um, steam room phone question mark. Steam room phone with a man who literally they phone him up and he just offers insider trading tips. That's yeah, that's what I put as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. why the fuck is he just public? The thing is as well, he looks you ain't around. You're buying on stocks, are you? <laughs> he looks around. The room is full of fucking people. It's full of people. Like, no, we're no, good. Not even like it's like one guy who's fallen asleep in a steam room. The place is just full of fully conscious people, and he just engages in insider trading um, that will again tank their company. Yeah. What the fuck? And all ah. Uh, so apparently, also, so there's the toilet phone that um, that that Fred had. Say about the fucking toilet phone where he phones up and then it, the, the phone inexplicably stops working, and, it, and he's in the middle of talking. To, to, I think it's Don, he's in the middle of talking to Don, and, and the phone goes, I'm sorry, the number you dialed is not working in this area code. For, for one, what the fuck does that mean? That's not that, what the warning says. And number two, he was on the fuck phone. <laughs> and this is the thing, this is the thing, oh, oh my God, oh my God, like, uh, oh, 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 right, okay. So the thing is as well, so we're basically being led to believe that, um, like, the area code just stopped, like, the phone just refuses to recognize the area code mid-fucking phone call. No, the then, number you dialed is not working in this area code. It's not working in, oh, that's not how it works. That's not how things work. Not that's, not how thi- that's not how stuff works. I yeah, found, I don't, I don't have, like, a fear of heights or vertigo or anything that, like that, but I, I did find the bits where he was, like, along the window ledge to be weirdly jarring. It looked like they yeah. just rushed it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it looked like green screen. Yeah, it looked not, quite good. Yeah. Like green screen was not involved there at all. Green they, screen uh, was involved when he was hanging on to it like that and a pigeon landed on his head. You can tell but it's green the, Yeah. But the actual yeah. feet on the thing, which I think might have just been like sticks with shoes on the end mm. they used like that. Uh-huh. Um they were not. Yeah, man. No, that was yeah, legitimately quite terrifying. But God. It's a really bad scene. Can we just move on? Because it really, like, I don't want to focus anymore on that we scene. We can. There is now a tiny scene wherein Fred, now having lost everything, is attempting to hitchhike somewhere, I guess. Not sure where or why. Don stands on the opposite side of the road from him, trying to make him feel better and suggesting that they hit the road together. A truck stops to pick up Don, completely arbitrarily, and he gets on board. He then changes his entire character on a dime and leaves Fred where he is, despite seconds ago pleading that they go travelling together. I've no notes on this, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, it's so fucking stupid. Like the only note that I've got is um, instantly destitute question mark, and then hitchhiking with a horse question mark. And other than that, no man, I've got nothing for this one. He's like, a partner in a company. Why don't they share the? Ah, uh-huh. they're both destitute. Yeah, because yeah, what the fuck is going on? He's ruined well, the company, and they yeah. let him. They encourage him. Just like, yeah. I like that's the thing. It's like yeah, if he's homeless, so are they. Like that's how not is how he homeless. How is he it's homeless? Like, he's paid his rent know. for a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. What 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 else have we got? What else have we got? Because I've got a big. I just realised that my next note is to do with like the final scene. So clearly, I blacked out no, due to the quality. We missed like three scenes then. Because <laughs> <laughs> of that. Because of that scene where it's just sort of like, uh, nope, hitchhiking with a horse. Fuck this. My brain just left. <laughs> All right, let's let's crack on then. Um, back in Sawyer and Company, which is the name of Stock 
Oh my god! <laughs> the fucking Nasdaq listed company Sawyer and Co. <laughs> Allison overhears Sawyer's lackey gloating about what they did to Fred. She confronts him and then Sawyer and then quits angrily for some fucking reason. As she leaves the company's lot, uh, a talking horse validates her ticket. Ooh. Despite being picked up and driven off at the end of the last scene, Don is now working as a parking attendant for the brokerage firm. Alison <laughs> recognises him as you would a talking horse. And then, somehow the pair are just in Fred's fucking horse van, driving aimlessly around the city yep. as they talk. <laughs> Don't know what happened there. Not a clue. Uh, Don blames Allison for what happened to him, despite um, it being him that tipped Fred off about the oats and Sawyer that locked him in the bathroom. And Allison, immediately being so incensed upon finding out about the plot for the first time, literally quits her job because of it. And then she agrees it's her fault because we're on the fucking moon. <laughs> Don okay. tells her not to worry because he has a brilliant plan. He's going to enter himself in a big horse race and win <laughs> so Fred can get the winnings and get himself back on top. Despite them currently being at loggerheads <laughs> and the fact that very, very clearly, Fred cannot be trusted with his own money. <laughs> Alison agrees it's a fucking <laughs> wizard plan because apparently she's an idiot too. Oh... <laughs> uh. Uh, I, I I I don't think I have to. I'm I'm glad that I don't have notes. I don't have anything to add. All right, see at this point, I was in the kitchen making bread, and then like every five minutes, I would just like pop my head. In. <laughs> That's all you need. Man. The the one thing that I will say is that when um she like like when she's talking to the to John Candy the horse um at the ticket bit um and then like she recognizes him, but not soon enough. Like, she doesn't realise that she's talking to a horse soon enough at all. She drives for quite a bit before realising that she was just talking to a fucking horse. Um, is a fuckwit. Yeah. Well, this really is the thing is. as well. Well, I mean, discussing the Bechdel test earlier on, this scene really does not pass it. <laughs> or any test regarding feminism at all. Or just, you know... I mean, it, just, she's like the love interest. Know. She's the central love interest of the film. And up to this point, yeah. she we've got four scenes left. And up to this point, she's had maybe three minutes of screen time. Yeah. And those three minutes were spent tr- lie, like engaging in lies and subterfuge with the, like, the main character. Like trying to deceive the main character. So like, what yeah. the fuck is this? What are we meant to believe if, here? If neither oh. of you are paying particularly close attention, is it safe to assume that you missed the line... Um, uh, where Don says uh, to Allison in this uh, stolen car, the, the radio is playing, and he goes, "Hey, hey, I'll worry about the winning. You worry about the driving, all right? And would you turn off this East Indian music? Turn off that East Indian music, would you? Oh it's, no, I, d- I did catch that. It's but... no it again. Music. I never I never noticed that. It, what no. are you talking about? It's not East yeah. Indian. Again, East Indian about again, again, just some. Good old full-on fucking improvised racism from John Candy. Like, what the fuck? Uh, it was clearly just drinking in the sound. <laughs> Don puts his idea to Freddy, who is now living in a trailer park because apparently monthly rental agreements aren't a thing. Freddy is sceptical that Don could win a race, but Don insists that he will by psyching out the other horses by talking about their insecurities to do with their mothers and penises. The next day, Don, Fred and Allison are at the racetrack, despite the race they plan to enter not being for really quite some time and they don't have a jockey yet. Sawyer is also there. 
He and Fred get into an altercation and end up making a wager on the race. If Sawyer wins, he gets Don. If Fred wins, he gets all of Sawyer's horses and Satin Doll, because that's a fair bet that a very qualified businessman would make. Uh, um, so the one thing that I really did take note of was the fact that when he says that he's going to psych out the other horses, he specifically cites the works of Freud and Young that he was gonna like that's yeah. what he's gonna use. He's specific, like really specific about that shit. Like it was just a weird sort of like I was like, oh god, that's like we didn't need that detail. Is he is he saying anything Jungian? I'm not a psychology boy, but it seems to is me it? like a lot of it would be Freud that he was a lot of it would be Freud. Yeah, Young would mothers not penises. Be... Those are the two things he said. Well, that's Talk about things. the size yeah. of dicks. Say something about their mothers. You know, like. Young, Young was, yeah, not concerned with that really whatsoever. Uh, it was really weird. I know the name of two psychologists. Well, that was the thing. It's clearly John Candy improvising and just being like, I know these two, so fuck you. I'm saying them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and also, oh my God. I mean, Lawrence, I know that you're going to point out that this is another case of me pointing out that, like, that was the joke. <laughs> like, that was the point you of the joke. Say it. No, because it really did annoy me. Because the thing is, as well, it's just like it's all it's. I I understand that, like, yeah, it's the joke and everything, but it's a fucking shit one, and don't use it because it's just the fact, like, the amount of times that they say chicken shit to one another. Chicken shit. Who are you? Who are you calling chicken shit? I'm calling you chicken shit. You're a chicken shit, chicken shit. Okay, Freddy, I'll make the bet. My horse against your horse. All my horses against your horse. Sweetheart, you can't do that. Sweetheart, what do you think I am? Chicken shit? That's a bet, Fred. Including satin doll. Including satin doll. No, not my satin doll, too. Darling, don't be a chicken shit. Oh, my God. Like, that's, it's one of those things where it's just sort of like, I genuinely was, I was like, I can't tell if this is being played for a joke or if this is just shit writing, which happens a we've, lot. We've all film. done a bit of stand-up in our time. And you know when you're on stage yeah. and, like, you forget what you're going to say and the same phrase keeps sort of circling around your head and you don't say that again. Oh, I've said it again. Don't try not to do that again. Fuck, it's happened again. It's come out. Same thing, isn't it? They're just on there on set. They, they're no reshoots. They've forgotten their lines. It's a chicken yeah, shit. No reshoots. There is the, the, a genuinely shit joke, though, in this. with the uh, we, we covered it earlier, but um, Fred's making hamburgers on his little grill, and he says, Do you want a hamburger? To, uh, to Don, and Don says, uh, Now, do you want a people burger? As if, mm, like... Oh, boy. It's not... That's not what it is. It just doesn't work. It, like, uh, you're not no, a ham, John. You know what? <laughs> like a hamburger isn't made of fucking horse. And fuck that joke. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, <gasps> piss poor. Absolutely. Oh, so bad. I'd block that. Um, um, coming I'm, up to the best scene of the film, though. We are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where they're um, they're looking for a jockey to ride him in the next scene, and I'm I'm only I'm only prefacing it with that because I give my scenes little names um, when I write my notes so I can find them easier. Uh, and this one I've I've called the Hunt for Red Jocktober, and I think that's particularly good. Not bad. <laughs> that's fucking quality. Yeah. Uh, uh, yep, yep. I'm behind it. Oh my Literally god. Literally none of the other ones worth saying, but uh, this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fred and Don search for a jockey to ride see, to to ride the latter to victory in the big race. Due to them all being very very creepy, however, they find no one suitable to do so. Later that night. Don laments his situation alone in the stables, in which, I must stress, he no longer lives. Uh, but then he is visited 
by a fly. Thus is what made me laugh. Who talks. A fly who talks and is also the reincarnation of his dead father. Uh, His dead fly dad gives him a pep talk and reiterates that he can win the big race using his big fat fucking mouth. Um, Don, emboldened by this, thanks his father, who again is now a fly, and then prepares for the race. This made me laugh. Um, The fly's lips, just something about it, actually did make me. It was the only thing that my mouth quivered for during the entire film. But, uh, but but again, like not not because it was like not an in, like not an intentional. Just the way they put like, it, it was, it was so, like a duck's uh, bill. <laughs> this is the thing is that like I would not be surprised, given like the like stellar um, cast and crew that were involved in this movie, I wouldn't be like surprised if they got they managed to, like somehow convince Jim fucking Henson to come in and make this one puppet <laughs> of a fly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Who'd> they- <laughs> <laughs> Who did the animatronics for the thing? <laughs> they, they trained oh Tom Cruise up in animatronics and had him. <laughs> but it's so it's so creepy and it's so weird and it's just it's so weird. Also, oh. the, the, the line that the scene ends on as well is so fucking bizarre. Where they have this big pep talk and he goes, "No offense, Pop, but what's it like being a horsefly?" And the fly replies, "It sucks." <laughs> Sucks. And then it's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a joke, that's, that's just a response. We are now faced with the aching, witheringly long climax of the film wherein Fred, who has decided that he will be the jockey, and Don enter the big old race. Don's plan to psych the other horses out goes exactly to plan, and through the course of the race, he puts a horse to sleep with hypnosis, is so racist to another that he just gives up tells a couple of other runners that the winners of the race will be turned into glue, has Fred outright threaten another jockey, and distracts the last random competitor with a shit, shit joke. This leaves just Don and Lord Kensington, Sawyer's thoroughbred in the race. Don then utterly invalidates all his previous efforts, efforts in sabotage by just outrunning Lord Kensington anyway, takes the race to a photo finish. Don ends up then winning the race because his incisor teeth stick out in front of his face, even though they absolutely do not, and therefore cross the line first by his teeth. Um, Sawyer tries to smooth things over with Fred, but Fred tells him that he's going to make him honor the bet. Uh, Don then calls Sawyer a dick, and then the horse laughs. Yeah, so when I read a synopsis for this, it described the horse as having like protruding teeth, and then obviously the photo finish, he wins at the end because of his teeth. Yeah. It was never like an established motif. No. Well, he, I mean, he has horse teeth, but they weren't it, sticking yeah. out any further than any other horse. But this is the this is the thing that I because the note that I have written because this holy fucking hell I lost my mind at this because of the fact that it ha- it was mentioned a couple of times that he wanted to get his teeth fixed and blah 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 blah. So I imagine it's sort of like, but see the moment that it was like the photo finish and his teeth are protruding or what win. I've just written down, and this is under like two or three inches of teeth is sticking yeah, up in front of yeah. his face in a really unnatural <laughs> this, manner. This is underlined <laughs> six times. It is just his teeth were a fucking Chekhov's gun. Like it's a genuine, legitimate fucking literary device that they have used in this trash heap of a movie. Oh, it's like a wee xenohorse, wee xenomorph, wee xenohorse, yeah. wee, wee Zeno- tiny Zeno- horse head that comes out. <laughs> Grabs the finish line. 
Does anybody have anything else on that? Well, I've, I've noted that they, they get announced, they, they announce the horses, and they, they very prominently display on the sign behind them that uh, Don oh, and Lord yeah. Kensington will be in race number seven, and then they start immediately racing, which <laughs> sort of annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> there is a nice bit where, um, during the final race scene, Don asks Fred to give him some, some inspiring words, like the old guy from Rocky, who would be... His actual, the horse dad is the same one who does the inspiring words in Rocky for Sylvester Stallone. Oh, my nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's nice. a nice little sideways jib. Uh, and then he says, I think I just ate some poop. So there's that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck this movie. When they arrive at the racetrack, I remember seeing, like, checking how much time I had left, and it was like 15 minutes or something. And I was, I was like, surely fucking not. Like, that's like, even for like a climactic scene. And you know, when they told John Candy that there was going to be race involved, he just ran to the <laughs> microphone. And he's like, let me loose. Uh, I'm all in. Oh, you meant this Cracked kind of open race. a Budweiser. <laughs> Speaking of race, that, that joke they had where, um, I can't remember the name of the, um, just, they just said immigration, I think. There's immigration officers waiting yeah. at, the, at the finish line, and the Spanish horse went, Oh, me no hablo ingles. Yeah, um, yeah but you're yeah. a horse. There's no horse immigration. Yeah. That's what <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, the fact that he says, like, um, I, I don't speak English. Yeah. And then, and then John Candy, the horse, basically just shouts the same point. Yeah. Just louder. <laughs> just like, immigration! Like, doing that standard tourist thing of just like, if I shout, you'll understand me. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Does your horse speak American? Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Just, just fucking stupid. Just so bad. God. I, well, as a final treat, we get one last scene. Fred has taken Don to some kind of horse dentist, I suppose, played by Gilbert Gottfried, uh, to have those horse veneers put on his horse teeth as a reward for horse winning the horse race. Gilbert does so, and then in the most absolutely baffling way possible, the film just ends. I I thought my, my stream crapped out. It just, um, yeah, it just ends. Yeah. Like The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, would you... Yeah. <laughs> Journey, please. <laughs> Johnny, would you like to take us through exactly how it ends? Uh, <laughs> the details that I remember are the like the inside of Don's mouth opens, and staring in, we see the humble visage of Mr. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Playing the horse dentist. The horse dentist. By the way, and by the way, however, I'm just going to say quickly, the, Gilbert Gottfried's Gilbert Gottfried's character of the horse dentist is a role that he reprises <laughs> in Problem <laughs> Child Three. What? There you go. Um. Okay. Well, but the like that's that's just the lead up to the single most confusing ending to a film that I think I've like ever seen um, where it's not like meant to be confusing like Christopher Nolan's movies but like it's just it ends with John Candy again improving I assume like 
with Porky the Pig's catchphrase. That's all, folks. Yeah. And there's no reason for that. Or is there a reason? Is it an in-joke no. of some kind? It's, so. it's just... So. He, it, it, well, he was just shit-faced. Like, and... uh, what I, what I, if I'm being very, very charitable, what I think happens is um, Gilbert Gottfried goes, uh, there you go, Mr. Horse. Uh, I've done your horse veneers. I've put a horse diamond in your horse teeth. Just, um, if there's any problems, rinse with salt water. And then the horse says, thank you. And he goes, What? because he's surprised the horse is talking, despite the fact the horse talked earlier in the scene with the dentist. And that's why he's surprised. And then there's the cut to like the fourth wall break. That's all folks thing. And that's, that's why he, he says the, the thing and cuts off when he does. But I think that's a bit of a stretch, you know? And as yeah. well, if you've got Gilbert fucking Gottfried in your film, right? Have him do the voice. Have him go like, if there's any problems, Yes, with salt water. What the? And then I spat all over my fucking mouth. Water. Water. He doesn't. He's just. He's so like zero out of ten. He's like, right. If there's any problems, yeah. We just salt water. We're in the. What's what's your Gottfried properly? The man's a gem. Yeah, but but you see, this is the thing as well. You know what really really frustrated me about that? Beyond the fact that like he only did like the bare minimum of voice acting for it was the fact that even with the non-Gilbert Gottfried voice, he does the face. And I know for a fact that when I say the face and anyone who knows Gilbert Gottfried is listening, they're just like, yeah, I know the Gilbert Gottfried face. But like, he, yeah, he, he does the face. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it's that. No one can see that, but they all know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, he does the face, like the like the borderline Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's face, oh, um, but he, but he doesn't do the but he doesn't do the voice. He, like it's just do the voice. Yeah, well, he was playing a character. Just, just try a dry yeah. run of this, and we'll see how yeah. it pans out. And then they went, "Oh shit, no, no reshoots." And <laughs> <laughs> we've used up the last of our the very last of our budget on getting you here on, on hiring uh, Diago. Such a weird ending, man. It's just like they were desperate to finish it in real time. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Like they were it's filming a- it well, they had to send it off to be edited and yeah. put it to cinemas. <laughs> There's a really strange implication as well that, that they're like, oh, it's all, it's all a happy ending, right? And Don's, uh, sorry, Fred's gotten with Alison and Don's going to get with Satin Doll. But the only reason for that is because Fred now owns her. And that's oh. fucking creepy. That's weird. <laughs> That's very, that's very problematic. Yeah, isn't it? You'll do what I say, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is, oh God. <laughs> this film gets darker and darker. Um. Oh, no. Well, that was, yeah. Uh, if I can just give you two, uh, two slightly conflicting reviews that I read. Um, oh my God, I'm so excited. So let's, uh, let's see which one you agree with more. <clears throat> The cultural subtext is genius. Bobcat is the idealistic misfit from a previous generation wandering lost through the 80s as yuppie Republicans seize control of America. A talking horse is just as reliable as any stock expert at picking winning stocks. It shows utter ridiculousness of that profession. The cartoonish nature of the movie represents the cynical rejection of reality espoused by punk rock and other revolutionary movements at the time. I guess you just had to be there to understand it. Today, Greedy corporate types are so subsumed 
have so subsumed this country that it's difficult to remember a time when they did not dominate. This movie brilliantly illustrates the culture clash that was occurring at the time. Vietnam and Watergate elevated protest to an art form, especially the Dada surrealist mocking the system type of commentary. Uh, and counter to that, my friend and I both wanted to slap Bobcat Goldthwaite. We still want to slap him, even 20 years later. <laughs> so if, if the latter one is a one, and the, the former review is a 10, where are we placing this film? Oh my god! Oh, the former's a 10. Oh. Definitely. Oh, on, I, I feel I, like you're being facetious with me. <laughs> I feel like we're. I feel, I feel. I feel like the the latter review. The latter review could have been written by any one of the three of us. So I feel like I'm firmly in that fucking camp. <laughs> like I want to. I want to. I want to slap Bobcat Goldthwait. I want to slap John Candy back out of the fucking grave. Um, I. I, I, hate I it. want I hate to it. slap John Candy back out of the fucking grave. There's a <laughs> That's fucking my quote. That is the review for this fucking movie, man. And also, I'm sorry, but like the the first review, the first review was it that dead prick Roger Eber who fucking wrote that? Because it sounds like him. No, it wasn't. It was just it uh, wasn't okay. some random on IMDb. I'm sorry. Also, him being dead doesn't make him a prick. He was just a he was just bad at his job. Um, just, there's something though. There is something about watching a shit film, and then someone goes, "No, nah, mate, it's just Dada." That I go. <gasps> Yeah. Oh shit! Oh yeah. no! What if it yeah. was Dada? Oh, oh god! Oh god! It wasn't Dada. Am I the idiot? <laughs> it was. Am I Nathan Barley? But no. Um. It wasn't Dada. It's not. It's just it, no. No, I don't it's think not. it was ultimately. So if I had oh. to press you all for a numerical rating for real Z's, James, what would you give it? Sorry, my, my audio crap in there. If you had to give it a numerical rating. Between one horse and ten horses, how many horses would you give? Um, honest review: two, two out of ten. Two horses out of ten horses. I think that's very generous. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, yeah. Jeffy? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go in the opposite direction and give it four dead horses. Four dead horses, okay. Yeah, which is the ca- like a negative four. Like, I cannot describe how fucking bad this movie okay, was. Okay, well, that's out with the scale, so... One, then. If you're one. forcing me to... If you're forcing me to, like, play by your rules, by Don't your you non-Dadaist... my scale up. <laughs> if you're forcing me to play by your non-Dadaist rules, then, yeah, one. One. Horse burger, one horse I would, burger. I would probably... One Iceland horse burger. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sort of, like, with rose-tinted... Uh, horse spectacles looking back on it now because I don't have to watch it again but I I, I was going to give it a three but I think it's not good enough There's a, for, that would be one point per line that made me laugh I'm giving it I'll give it an extra one point and take it up to a two just because two. of um, the uh, Walter Sawyer's character uh, and the actor behind him were quite good uh, okay. that's it I can't I can't in good that- faith what about your uh, most good horsey moment and your most bad horsey moment? For me, it was the fly, the talking fly. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> talking horse fly. Actually made me laugh, just how it looked. Um, worst moment? Uh, probably the other one hour and 22 minutes. <laughs> That's, fucking, uh, that's an acceptable answer in this instance, I think. 
Um, Johnny, best moment? The, I mean, best best moment. I think best moment because it like it infuriated me and then made me laugh maniacally and just like it really annoyed me. Was his stupid fucking like. Um, I hope you don't think I'm coming on too strong, but that's just the kind of guy I am. <laughs> just like, there's no gag there, John. Shut up, yeah. John. Fuck you, John. I hate you, John. And then I just sort of started laughing at myself because otherwise I would have lost it. Um, worst moment, however, is just definitely the samurai flower shop. I mean, samurai there's that. Or, you know, like the casual, casual homophobia at one point. I mean, yeah, I think for my worst um, moment, no, we, we can. Not a huge to... fan. No. Um, for my worst moment, I, I, I think like. In any other circumstance, um, it would be the the scene where they're all of a sudden randomly driving in the horse box, uh, Don and Allison, and <laughs> and it just makes nothing about it makes any sense. It's completely <laughs> fucking mad, but it speaks volumes to the quality of the film that that scene has been pipped to the post of worst moments in it by a fucking homophobic slur. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? But that's, well, that's got to be the slur, I think, because it's it's not funny. It's, it's not, not it's, done in a funny it's horrible. way. Horrible. And the thing is, as well, the thing is, as well. I mean, it's kind of it's uh, it's it's obviously difficult to use that word or any slur in a funny manner, but it has to be not, ironic. It, I think. Yeah, it has it's to be like, well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's genuinely just a hate-filled utterance of a slur. Yeah, like no that's the impression. No, it's, just... it's it's not like the F word that episode of South Park where like they do actually really cleverly sort of like, yeah, um, diffuse that word. But um, it's just no, it's just mm, no. It's that just, was really yeah. Just because he just looks no. sort of like he like takes care of his appearance because he's a thoroughbred horse and he just calls him up. Just calls straight him up, up, slurs him up. Just just slurs him up. And uh, my best moment is going to be Linguinis because. <laughs> Even though it's immediately ruined after it, for that one yeah. moment, I had a bit of joy. And that's to be cherished. <laughs> Over the four or so hours that we watched it, yep. Hey, this is... It was... It was worth it, because we got to do this, but... My back hurts. I'm it's, sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I hope... I actually... No, I do hope. I hope that... Um, Everyone listening to this has enjoyed it as little as we enjoyed watching that film. Would you recommend it to any listeners? Yeah. I mean, you should watch it. I would. For the experience. I would. Yeah. I would heartily recommend it. Um, definitely. Uh, I would. Would you? <laughs> I, I would because I just um, hate everyone. I'd recommend it. Yeah. Specifically I mean, I, our listeners. I think they're real pieces of shit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, great. <laughs> just to alienate anyone who actually listens to us. In that case, I suppose bye to everyone who listens to us forever, presumably. Bye <laughs> and goodbye and fuck you. Oh, <laughs> oh I, yeah. My sentiments exactly. Bye. Flippy got a horse who played the horse stocks and bought some horseshoes, then entered the big race, committed to race eight. Please, God, never make me watch Trotter Trotter again. I miss Nessie's cock so much. Please don't turn that into a soundbite.